0: Into the Podverse is brought to you by The Cool Tea Shop. In this week's episode, we explore the Asian podcast landscape with Guan Jing, a podcast analyst out of Singapore, uncovering surprising findings about various markets with useful lessons, hopefully for the African continent. We also discuss AfriPod's attendance at the Africa Media Festival 2023 with the CEO, Molly Jensen. You'll also learn about the importance of seeking listener feedback and the value of repurposing existing content to reach a wider audience.
1: Into the pod first with my dad, Tony Do.
0: I reached out to my new friend, Guan Jing, who announced the release of a detailed analysis of the Asian podcast landscape. It covers six different markets, including Japan, Korea, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, and the Philippines. Let me introduce Guan Jing to you.
1: Hi everyone, Uh, I'm Guangjin. I'm an ex-PNG media manager who opened a podcast production house based within East Asia. So a little bit about myself. Uh, I have a pretty unique experience that somehow landed me uh, with knowledge in media for East Asia. So within the company, uh, there is the business unit and the country unit. So typically, the business unit uh, places or sends in investment to the country unit, and then the country unit buys the media. So people based within the business unit of, for example, Fabric Care, uh, which is laundry detergent and fabric enhancers, they don't really get a lot of expertise in terms of media because it's not necessary, right? Uh, But for me, uh, I came at a point where media became a very big thing for the company. And so they wanted to hire someone uh, and grow someone in a somewhat experimental role that would learn and understand media across the entire region and represent the business unit. Uh, Much to my surprise, um, we started off learning with breadth that evolved into depth. And a couple years later, I find myself understanding all of the nuances that surrounds the country. Because the more and more we adapt our products, commercials, uh, the more and more specifically local we need to be. We start to evolve to have localization across regions. For example, Philippines in the North and the South have such different accents that's a little bit harder to understand. Just like within Bangkok and off Bangkok, within Tokyo, off Tokyo. And in the middle of all of this, uh, I have always been listening to podcasts as well. So I decided to marry my passion and uh, my expertise, and that's why I'm here today, speaking to Tony. Hi, Tony.
0: Hello, Gwen Jing. Now, in your opinion, what role do you think podcasts can play in fostering cross-cultural understanding and communication in Asia, given the region's diverse languages, cultures, and histories?
1: Right. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so my opinion is that podcasting can influence listeners around the region in the voice of their culture across similar topics. So there's a lot of things that I say, right? But let's break it down. The first thing that I'm implying is that um, the region is fairly fractured. So if you think about it, the whole of East Asia, unlike EU, North uh, North America continent, uh, African continent, Um, we are all split by waterways. So we're not connected via landmass. And this is critical because uh, to even transfer culture, it's not as easy as walking across a place, right? It is taking a boat. And this fundamentally creates separation and creates very little unifying factors. So that's the first thing that I'm implying, that East Asia is more fractured uh, than the rest of the world. The second thing that I'm also sharing is that podcasting is able to bring together all of these fractured um, nations, uh, fractured regions across similar topics, but in the voice of their culture. So what this means is um, with the benefit of globalization, there are many topics that start to become uh, central and similar across the region. So I'll give you one example, Vietnam and Indonesia. So Vietnam and Indonesia can never be be more different, right? And yet, when you take a look at the type of podcast content that seems to be charting, both of them have actually similar content, and it is within mental health. So if you think about it, right, why is mental health so big? It is naturally a phenomenon across Gen Zs that's spreading across the world. And Vietnam and Indonesia, in terms of a demographic standpoint, tends to have younger people. You hear less concerns about an aging population, unlike Japan, Korea, uh, Singapore, right? So when this is happening, when this is similar for both Vietnam and Indonesia, you start to see the topic of mental health being discussed uh, actively among podcasters and to very high degrees of uh, connection. But it's interesting because Vietnam's angle towards this mental health is influenced by their country in their unique voice, whereby majority of them identify as being Buddhist or having Buddhist-like practices. So therefore, their learning, their uh, objective on mental health is not just comfort, it is through learning. Because in Buddhism, there is this element of always learning and self-improvement. But if you look at Indonesia, right, Indonesia is fascinating. The way that they talk about mental health is a lot to do with acceptance. Acceptance across a wide variety of behaviour. And this is true because in Indonesia, there's a term, it's called galau. And galau actually refers to the idea of sad thoughts that tend to have a lot of complication. So you see that their angle is so different, less about learning, right? So Vietnam and Indonesia are therefore discussing about common topics, unique in the voice of their culture. And I find this very fascinating. We also actually explore many other countries and kind of how they are similar. Uh, we explore Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, um, Japan and Korea. We're also going to do additional deep dives for China and India in the, in the coming months which uh will release on pod news uh will also release uh on uh, my linkedin so if you want to follow you want to be the first to be updated on this uh you can check out my linkedin uh i'm sure we can put the url in right tony so uh what a pleasure uh, thanks for asking.
0: You just listened to Guang Jing talking about the Asian podcast landscape. It's a great analysis. There's a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. As a t-shirt lover myself, I understand the importance of having a diverse collection of teas to choose from, be it classy, goofy, or sexy. At the cool tea shop, your tea should speak for itself. That's why they've sourced designs that will make you stand out and feel good. With their convenient delivery service, your new favorite tee will be at your doorstep in no time. Don't settle for a mediocre t-shirt collection. Let the Cool tea shop elevate your wardrobe game. Take advantage of the coolest t-shirts in town by shopping now at the Cool tea shop I reached out to Molly Jensen, the CEO of AfriParts, to share her experiences with me at Africa Media Festival 2023.
2: Uh, as it was the inaugural Africa Media Festival in Nairobi, it was incredibly well uh, attended, with attendees from across the world, including the states, um, other countries on the continent like Zim, etc., etc. Um, there was over 600 attendees. It was well organized. There was great content, incredible speakers, and super, super credible. I thought it was a very dynamic showcasing of what will happen in the media landscape and additionally that media needs. The media is interested in entering this digital space and taking
0: up space. Did you get to connect with other media industry leaders at the festival? What the kind of conversations and connections you made?
2: I got to connect with multiple people in different spaces. Uh, one of the most notable is Tamila from Tech Um I got a chance to talk to him. He was also speaking He runs a huge uh, website, actually three I believe, out of Nigeria and uh, really well respected on the continent. We also got to speak to tons of people from Nation as they were big um, sponsors of the event. Um, Pulse from Kenya was in town. BBC was around. There was a lot of legacy media as well as new media in the building. It was really exciting and um, there are plenty of people to talk to, as well as some of our own in podcasting, including Dan Asetta from Summerbox, Adele Nyong'o of Legally Clueless, Melissa Bugwa of Africa Podcast uh, Festival, or Africa Podfest, James Smart from Nation, and uh, the Afropod team also participated in the PRX Hackathon from
0: a support perspective. In what ways do you think Afropods will benefit from participating in the African Media Festival?
2: I think Afropods is going to benefit, like every other business that's attending. It's about showing up and taking up space and allowing the industry to grow. I think we're in a really exciting time where a lot of these legacy media companies are looking to step into digital transformation and don't know how. And a lot of the conversations at the media festival involved um, some really credible speakers. So that was super, super cool. But specifically, there was many people who attended the hackathon who were interested in podcasting. And then the podcasting session was actually completely full. There was standing room only. It was full standing in the back. There were people standing in the hallway and the session went over 30 minutes uh, of the allocated time. So I think it went
0: really, really well. What message do you have for AfriPods users and supporters who are curious about the platform's future plans and directions?
2: Afropods is going to grow. We are focused on the creator. We want to know what the creator wants, and we ultimately want to pay the creator. For those who are using Afropods, we're going to get better. We are a startup, and we are, you know, in the big leagues with the big dogs. And we are making sure that our focus is streamlined, for the African on the ground, for the one who wants to speak in English or mother tongue, for the one who wants to categorize in the country they're in or the language they're in. And it's important for Africans to be able to take up space and to feel like they are getting the same representation globally from a world-class solution. So Afropods will continue to take up space. Afropods will continue to support podcasters on the continent, in the region, in their local markets, in their mother tongue languages. And Afropods is here for your questions, concerns, support feedback criticism we are ready to work for you guys we don't work without you guys and podcasting is going to be huge for the ecosystem so that's what i've got hi i'm molly jensen ceo of afropods and you're listening to into the podverse with tony doe
0: hector santi esteban whom i follow on twitter and linkedin advises podcasters not to be discouraged by download stats Uh as they may not accurately reflect the true value, quality, and impact of your show. So instead of relying solely on analytics, he says you should seek feedback directly from listeners to gain better insights and improve the overall quality of the podcast. Now, how do you do that? We'll probably deal with it in another episode. In a world where content creation is king, my homie Stephanie Fuscio encourages podcasters to repurpose your existing content and work smarter, not harder. She emphasizes that your content is valuable and has long legs, meaning that it can continue to provide value long after it's created. By listening to previous episodes and promoting them alongside new ones, you can show the cohesiveness of your content and even reach a wider audience. And I think she's spitting straight facts.
1: Into the pod first with my dad, Tony Doe.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Into the Podverse this week. I hope you enjoyed exploring the latest trends and people in the world of podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and share it with your fellow podcast enthusiasts. If you have any feedback or questions, you can find me on social media at Media at Vo or email me at tonydomedia@gmail.com. at gmail.com.